Hello and welcome to Trading Movies. I'm Janaid. And I'm Omar. And today we're talking 2011's Margin Call. But before we get into that, Omar, what did you watch this week? John Wick 4. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Me too. Check out our John Wick 4 review episode, which yeah. is off, on at the same time. But yeah, yeah it's, uh, that's, uh, honestly, that's what I watched this week. Um, mm. I haven't, I've, uh, haven't seen anything else this week. Yeah, Omer's capacity for watching things is now down because John Wick was so good. <laughs> he can't, he can't, he can't bear to watch anything after it because it'll just ruin whatever he wants. Exactly. Yeah, unless it's another John Wick movie. Yeah. Um, I watched uh, Succession because the season premiere was last night. Really, really good premiere. Again, right. watch the show, Omer. I beg you. Yes. Uh, John Wick Four, like you said, and yeah. I also watched the Luther movie this week, and it's very bad. <laughs> Oh uh, no! Is it really that bad? Yo, the bad guy has uh, it's it's what's his name? Um, oh, why is his name escaping me? You know the Ulysses Claw in Black Panther, and he he's I can't remember his name. It's escaping me. It's the most he he does all the mocap. He does uh, my precious. He's the guy who does oh, the capture for him. Andy yeah. Circus. That's his okay. name. Uh, he was wearing the worst toupee wig I have seen in my life in this movie, and yeah, it was just a bad movie. Like another, two stars. Another Idris Elba bust. Yeah, womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Man. Got, got a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I hope he got paid, but yeah, not good. Um, box office this week, rather unsurprisingly, John Wick 4 uh, on the top, domestic 73 million. Um, they made like, uh, I think, 130 mil overall, so they've made their money back in yeah. one weekend. Um, Shazam, Fear of the Gods is not that much. Uh, they're number two, but yeah, not a good movie. Scream 4, uh, or sorry, Scream 4. Six. six yeah uh 8.4 million not bad yeah uh, for third week creed still at four at 8.3 million 65 3.2 million Homer, that's still in the top five did you notice that there is a movie not in the top five yeah avatar no ant-man ant-man it's yeah only released like a month ago yeah but that's not surprising anymore i mean already out we'll talk about it a little bit more yeah um opening this weekend number is a movie that i'm actually very interested in dungeons and dragons yeah, so what? So the funny thing about this movie is I saw the poster of it before I even saw the trailer, like ages ago I saw the poster of it, and I was like, they're making a Dungeons & Dragons movie, this is going to be not exciting. Mm. I saw the trailer and I was like, oh. I was intrigued by the trailer, it seemed funny it to me. It seems interesting, yeah. When the trailer ends and Chris Pine is playing his little, yeah. like, his little like, ukulele, I died, I was like, that's so funny. So I think, uh, I think we'll have to give it a shot. So the first reviews came out, um, 90% positive uh, reviews out of 77 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it's getting really a lot of good buzz. I think it's yeah. because people are going in with zero expectations, right? But they've got some good actors. Like, I really like Chris Pine. He's he's, he's yeah, good. He's, he's good. He's good. Yeah. Um, and they've got Reggae Jean Page as well, who's a looker. People love. Yeah. He's a handsome guy. they got the girl from uh, Fast and Furious. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dom's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Letty. Yeah, Letty. Yeah, 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 she's in there. She plays the same character in every movie. Oh, she's, 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 she's a, a rogue. She's the girl rock. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like her, though. She's, she's awesome. A, she's good. Yeah, she's good. Um. In terms of uh, other news, Umer, Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon got a release date, October 20th. That's too far away, man. Looks like we have a date. <laughs> um, that movie has Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Jesse Plemons, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, who, by the way, just won an Academy Award. So this is a, a murderer's row with Scorsese helm at the helm, and it's based on a book. So um, it's going to be really good. Yeah, it's, it's gonna I be mean, it's Scorsese, it's DiCaprio. Expectations are there regardless. And look, yeah. we're going to always watch a Scorsese movie. Yes. Like, we're, we're always going to watch it. Yeah, so no, no doubt about it. Um, Last week, we talked about Victoria Alonso, who got, she's yeah. the head of, she was the head of CGI and, and all that stuff. And uh, I believe she's countersuing Disney now. Oh. Uh, because, yeah, well, we don't need to get into all the legalities. We'll show more details will come out, but. We were kind of wondering whether this was whether she was let go because of past performance or she was let go because of maybe Guardians of the Galaxy not coming out. All to say, uh, if this does go to like some kind of legal proceeding, all the documents will come out and we'll learn about it that way. But my my, if I'm a betting man, I think they'll just pay her. I think so. Just settle it. Yes, I don't know. I don't think there's any doubt about it. If she has a case, if she has a case, that (laughs) is. But it seems like she does because most people in the industry like her. Yeah, and I, I don't. It just, it doesn't pass the smell test for me. It something, yeah, something funky seems like yeah. it's going on. Um, and then the last piece I want to talk to you about. So Ant Man, remember? Like I said, not in the top five anymore. Made four hundred sixty six million globally on a two hundred million dollar budget. So not bad, yeah. right? All things considered, they made their money back. 
But Ant-Man 1 made $519 million on a $130 to $160 million budget. And Ant-Man 2 made $622 million in profit over a budget of $130 to $195 million. So this movie is, like, really underperforming compared to the previous two. Yeah, but I I mean, I think it's also the, probably the worst one of the three. It absolutely is. But when yeah. you consider the fact that we know that the future Avengers movie is going to be about Kang, and this movie introduces Kang, yeah. and the fact that I did this poorly in, compared to the other two, I think... I think at Marvel right now, they're having emergency meetings. Yeah, I think so. They're they're talking. Because even, like, you know, Mahershala Ali is supposed to come in a Marvel movie, too. He's supposed to be Blade. Mm. Um, and apparently that movie has been entirely rewritten. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, and so it looks like they're struggling a little bit right now. I don't know what it is, but look, we need a banger. Yeah. It's been a while since we've had a banger, right? I think I guess the whole thing Guardians is that one. I, I guess so. But yeah. that movie looks sad. <laughs> like it looks like people are gonna die. Yeah. I don't know, man. Because I didn't really enjoy the latest Thor movie. That was Oh, whatever. that was I, I yeah. thought I, I was really disappointed by that. Yeah, Black Panther was good. I enjoyed that. I thought it, but I think it was because I really enjoyed the character of Namor. He was really good. Okay. Yeah, but, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't seen Wakanda no, Forever? No, I haven't seen it yet. Bro, they sell at the theater, they sell Wakanda Forever t-shirts, like sixty bucks. Oh yeah? Yeah, I don't know who's buying that, but yeah, they sell it. That's a bit much. Bro, I mean, that's like one thing of popcorn, bro. Yeah. Get <laughs> <laughs> popcorn or a t-shirt. Yeah, word. Um, okay, Omar. And uh, with that said, that's all the news I have. So maybe we can move on to the Masala Minute. Nishu, nishu! Masala Minute this week? Masala Minute. Well, we got Bola coming out on the 31st. So we'll see how that does. Uh, it might it might call for a watch by us, depending on what the reviews so, look like. So question for you. In India, do they give out screeners to, like, critics and stuff? Like they, they do. do here? So do we know what... Like, is there an embargo? Like, they can't say anything about it until a certain date? Or do they, we know we, what's coming we out? We never know what... We never know um, until the opening day. Mm. So there's never any word on it mm. until the opening day for movies. So we never... Like, I know for... Hollywood films like a week before you kind of know. Yeah, you start to get like a little bit of a buzz. Yeah, yeah. you get a buzz, but the, you don't you don't know anything. Because in, in Hollywood they have something called an embargo. So when you watch the episode or a movie, yeah. there's like a limit, and then after the embargo is lifted, you can talk about it. Usually like a day or two before it officially comes out. Yeah. Uh, um, all of that to say, uh, this movie you've talked about a few times. If it flops, what does that mean for Ajay Devgan's career? Uh, career or going forward, I should say, because his career is. It's settled, right? Yeah. He's a star. So his career as an actor, it's, uh, I, I don't, there's nothing that's going to, it's not going to be affected. His career as a director is something else. Um, and I'm trying to remember how Shivai did his last film mm. at the box office. I can't remember. It's 2016 now, so I don't remember how And I, I feel like transitioning into directing and producing is what all of these older guys will eventually have to do when they can no longer be at the front of the camera. Yeah. Right? And if you screw this up, the biggest thing is in movies is it's funding, right? So if you mm. screw up one project, a lot of people get their first directing job. It's getting the second job that's hard. So if you screw up one time, you're essentially never going to get funding again. Yeah, here's what I'll say about Ajay Devgan as a director. I don't know how many he's directed fully. The only one that I can think of is Shivai, which mm-hmm. is the last big, you know, epic one that he released. And his mm-hmm. vision is there uh, as a director. I think he has ambition. And I think he has maybe no not imagination, but he doesn't have... It's not even the budget. It's just the, I don't think he has the personally. I don't think he has the skill to bring his oh, ideas like the, to life. Oh, like the technical ability, the technical direct, yeah, yeah. Like, the ability as a director to bring these things in a more believable, in a better way to the audience. Like tell the story better, and show the sequences he's envisioning in a better way. I think I think a more seasoned director could bring. Well, and, bring and that that's totally film. fair. He's an actor first, yes. right? He's not yeah. he's not a director first who turned into an actor, which I don't think has ever happened in the history of film. But regardless, it's just not. It's directing is very hard. Like yes. it's not it's not easy, right? Yeah. People think, oh, yeah, turn the camera on, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think it's proof that someone who spends thirty years in front of the camera and clearly sees what a director does, yeah. and then when they transition to the director role and they have a hard time with it. That should tell you just how hard it yeah. is. So, uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I'm interested to see what he does with this film. Again, in the trailer, there's a lot of epic stuff being shown. I told you last week, Six Minute Bike Chase in this film. Mm-hmm. How is it executed is what's going to tell us. I now, think yeah, go ahead. The other thing, speaking of director turned actors, 
Farhan Akhtar's next directorial, which is Jeeva Zara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard some rumors about that. Yes, apparently apparently we're going to see a Shah Rukh Khan cameo in it. Bro, my question is, I thought Priyanka Chopra was done with Bollywood. <laughs> she comes back. She does her... She does a few movies here and there, though. Like, she came... She did Bajira Mastani in 2015. Wait, wait, um, when did she leave Bollywood, quote-unquote? Wasn't it, like, after 2015? I feel like it hasn't been that long. Has it? But well, the pandemic day, also ruined my idea of time, so... Yeah, so... I, I, yeah, she was... For Bajira Mastani, she was, I guess, kind of still in the kind of in the hall because I think that's around the time she was doing Chronicle. Yeah. Was it? I can't remember the, when Chronicle got released for, fully, but I think it was around the time she was doing Chronicle. I did not like that show. Yeah. I no, watched like I one think, episode. I was I think, like, how do people like this? Yeah, I think I watched a number of episodes, but then I stopped. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, this yeah. is not good. And it got cancelled. Un- unsurprising. <laughs> so so who's supposed to make a, a cameo in Gila Shah Rukh Khan, apparently. Mm. Yeah. So apparently, um, but I mean that's a that's a rumor. This is going to be an interesting one because Farhan Akhtar, if uh, he's his first film that he directed, two thousand one, one of the most popular movies to this day. One of my favorite movies, Dil Chata. Amazing movie. Yeah, amazing film. I still talk about Duship Takya on my butt. And, uh, yeah, and a, <laughs> and a uh, a funny uh, well a fun little thing about that movie. So Farhan Akhtar was, you know, I, I think people know he's the son of Javed Akhtar, who was a really famous writer mm-hmm. uh, in um, in the Indian film industry, and he was always kind of seen as the guy, like Farhan Akhtar was seen as the guy around the industry as like, you know, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? Because he wasn't, there was never, he wasn't really going to come into acting. No one heard of anything about him directing or anything. Um, and they were just like, he used to spend a lot of his time just watching movies and stuff. Yeah. And they were like, what's he going to do with this? Like, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? And then he wrote the script and he presented it to, you know, Saif Ali Khan and Amir Khan and like Preeti Zinta. And they're all like friends of his and stuff. And they're all... They all listen to the script and they're like, "What? This is a sick movie. You wrote this?" Yeah, and uh, and he's like, "Yeah." And so they're like, "What?" You know. So they that was they were really surprised at that. The other thing about that movie was, you know, the role that Farhan Akhtar went to Amir Khan with was not the role that Amir Khan ended up playing. Amir Khan was presented with and offered the role of Akshay Khanna in the movie. I could see that. And Amir Khan refused it and said, I'll do it, but give me this role. Mm. Because I've done roles like that, yeah. but I want to do this one. It's different. And uh, so then Akshay Khanna took the other role. Um, but that's but that's another cool thing about that movie. So him, after that movie, he started directing the Dawn films mm-hmm. with Shah Rukh Khan. And now he's coming back to that similar genre with this movie Jeeva Zara it's a it's about three friends but this time it's females it's Priyanka Chopra it's Alia but and it's Katrina Kaif and it's gonna be I think um settled around a road trip oh. of, of three girlfriends well well yeah I mean Dil Chatahe has a pretty big road trip component yeah, yeah it does yeah, it does yeah. yeah so it's gonna be it's gonna it's this I mean this is giving me Zindagi Naimi Ligi Dabara vibes but women Oh, okay. Well, I yeah. love Zindagi Nami Ligi Dubara, so that's great film. Yeah, yeah, directed by his sister. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. you know who's Loki? One of my favorite characters in Dil Chata hai? Preeti Zinta's uncle. He's so funny. Yeah, he's funny. The photographer. Yeah, he's, funny. <laughs> he's so joked. That's a great movie. Yeah. So Jira Zara is, I think, I, well, I thought this film was shelved, but it seems to have come back in the news a little bit now. Yeah. Um. So we're looking at maybe a 2023 late release, uh, potentially. Another bummer of a news. It's not bummer because I'm not 100 sure on it yet, mm-hmm. but I've been hearing rumors that. Shah Rukh Khan's next Jawan, which is supposed to come out June 2nd, might be delayed till October. Why? Uh, just because there's apparently big chunks of the film that are yet to be completed and they're going to need a bit more time. Like completed as in like CGI needs to be done or like it needs to be shot? I think there's stuff that needs to be shot. Oh, wow. Um, And CGI needs to be completed. Wow. So and it's I, March right now. So and it's wow. March and it's supposed to be a June release. So, I mean, I've read a couple of murmurings about that online. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the director... Or Shah Rukh Khan himself, I don't, I haven't seen any official word from the production company, from the director, or anyone saying this movie is delayed and the new date is this. Mm-hmm. I've just seen a rumor of it. So, if it's true or not, I can't, um, you know, confirm that as of right now. But I'm hearing that it could, it's uh, that I, I'm reading here and there that it, it could happen. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, you know, Shah Rukh Khan needs the money, so I don't know how he's gonna, <laughs> how he's gonna survive if this movie doesn't. Thinking of Shah Rukh Khan, Patan is now on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I saw. I've seen a lot of screenshots. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people noticing that there's been some face swapping uh, in some of the scenes, like when like the action scenes, because like oh, yeah. obviously there's gonna be like uh, stunt guys, stunt guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just like superimpose the face. 
uh, particularly in the Dubai scene when him and John Abraham are fighting. Yeah. Like, there's some like pauses where like the face looks like off center and stuff. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's okay. Kind of funny. Yeah. But uh, I have not rewatched that. Have you? I have not rewatched the movie. I rewatched uh, when it came on Amazon Prime the other day. I rewatched the train sequence because I liked it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, let me put that on. And the in, that like on. when he's inside, when, not he's, when he's on the train, top. No, he's on top. Okay, yeah. Okay. When he, the little combat when he has inside the scene inside the train, I thought that was uh, that was good. So I watched that again. Uh, but yeah, I haven't seen the movie from start to finish. I'm not sure if it's a movie I'll watch start to finish again. Yeah, I don't know if I will. Maybe like in ten years. Like yeah, that, but that's a that's a serious time commitment. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. And but yeah, that's about uh, that's about it for uh, the masala minute today. All right, Omar. Well, then we will move on to our main course of today: margin call. Do you care to know why I'm in this chair with you all? I mean, why I earn the big bucks? I'm here for one reason and one reason alone. I'm here to guess what the music might do a week, a month, a year from now. That's it. Nothing more. And standing here tonight, I'm afraid that I don't hear a thing. Just silence. So, this movie is uh, released in October 21st, 2011. A budget of $3.5 million. Uh, box office, $19.5 million. Runtime, a tight 109 minutes. Yep. Uh, actors, Kevin Spacey, Paul Bettany, Jeremy Irons, Zachary Quinno, uh, Penn Badgley, Simon Baker, Stanley Tucci, Demi Moore. Uh, director is J.C. Chandor. Have you heard of him before, Omer? No. Yes, this was his first movie. And he had a couple of other movies. He's had four other movies or three other movies that have come out. One is All is Lost, Academy Award. So this movie is Academy Award nominated. All is Lost, Academy Award nominated. A Most Violent Year, Academy Award nominated. Then he had Triple Frontier, the Ben Affleck movie on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this year, he has Craven the Hunter coming in. Okay. That's the one I'm really excited for. Yeah, okay. Because this guy, this guy's an awesome director. So, do you want me to give a quick plot summary? Sure. So, this takes place, this movie takes place over one night at an investment bank in 2008-2009 uh, during the mortgage-backed financial crisis. The mortgage-backed security financial crisis, I should say. Um, and it's about an individual in the risk department at the bank who identifies the issue and it's the bank deciding what they're going to do with their assets. Yeah. Um, and essentially the movie follows one small junior analyst learning about this news and then that news being slowly moved up the food chain in the company until the CEO knows. And that's essentially the the trajectory of the film. Yeah. You slowly see it go from one exec to one exec to one yeah. exec until to the, the big CEO. man comes in yeah. in a helicopter. Yes. So, Omer, what did you think about this movie? I really love this movie. I wasn't sure how I was going to like it going in. Um, and I was hooked from the beginning. Like, I was hooked. Um, like, the problem, like, because, you know, right at the beginning, the what well, the beginning is, you know, Eric Dale, Stanley Tucci. Yeah, the movie, the movie starts with layoffs. Well, yeah, with layoffs. So he's getting fired. And then they find this, you know, they find this, you know, problem. And then it's going from one place to another. One person is finding out. The CEO is finding out. I loved all the scenes when people are finding out. The reactions, the discussions at the table. Um, I love the, you know, the way they decide to, you know, solve it in a way. And how they get together and explain the problem and the character. But honestly, this movie, to me, just stands out as just really well-written characters. So we should say what, what the problem is, is they have a bunch of toxic assets on yes. their books. And if they keep those toxic assets, they will risk them going to zero. So if you imagine the asset is worth a billion dollars and then tomorrow it becomes zero dollars, that's an untenable loss, right? Suddenly your business can't operate. So they've identified that this is a potential outcome, that these assets could essentially be toxic, yeah. and they have to decide what they're going to do with them. Yeah. Uh, but the issue is the nature of trading business is you have to buy and sell. If you're only selling, people are going to know something's wrong. Yeah. So that's kind of the conundrum they have to deal with. You mentioned the writing of this movie. Would you be surprised if I told you this movie was nominated for the Best Adapted Screenplay? Oh, no. I would that's, not be surprised. That's, that's what it was nominated for. And here's the crazy part. J.C. Chandor... This is his directorial debut. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Oscar nomination on your first directorial. <laughs> and man, some of the shots in this. Okay, this is this movie takes like in, essentially entirely in place in one in, building. In one building and a couple of restaurants and stuff. Yeah. But like, for example, when Penn Badgley and Simon Baker are in the bathroom and they're having a conversation, he's just shaving. Shaving. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing shot. Yeah. yeah. Great shot. Like 
so good. Yeah, when and we are on one end, you have Penn Badgley, who's like, he just he knows he's about to be fired, and you have this other just completely confident dude. Yeah, who's just shaving, being yeah. like, "Oh, my job's not at risk." <laughs> Fine. Um, yeah. So what I really loved about this movie was um, it was initially a Sundance movie. Okay, so it was meant like like a like a, a film festival movie, and that's where it got a lot of hype, and that's where it got. Uh, purchase for distribution. Yeah, I read an article which claimed that this movie was only made for seven hundred k. No way. Which if that so I saw seven hundred k in this article and then I saw three and a half million on on Wikipedia, and if it's seven hundred k, this is one of the greatest movies under a million dollars I've ever seen. But how do you have a movie made under seven hundred k when you're starring Kevin Spacey? I'm Spacey? assuming points, right? Like you take a haircut for your upfront. And then you get percentage of, yeah. of ticket sales. Yeah. That's the only way you could fund it. But also maybe they saw the script and they were like, hey, I've made a lot of money. I just want to be part of a great movie. Yeah. Right. Who knows? But um, yeah, this this movie is considered by many, many financial journalists, by experts in the field as the best Wall Street movie, even compared to like Wolf of Wall Street, all that stuff. This is considered like the best, most realistic movie. And I can see why. Yeah. Um, it's just real it's really yeah very real and very um thought-provoking <laughs> well i well, we'll get into some of the details yeah. about, about what they talk about in this movie but i found it, it it was a little bit of a comedy as well as a drama yes because some of Penn badgley's lines even the way zachary kinto gets like just annoyed with them he's like yeah. what the f is wrong with you yeah. like, why do you keep asking everyone about money <laughs> like you just stop you know yeah that was really funny or like the scene when they're at the uh the gentleman's club <laughs> and yes. he's just like how much do you think they make? <laughs> Is it yeah. 1,000? 2,000? Wow, 2,000. That's great for them. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah, just the, he was so obsessed with people's salaries. Just that's yeah, all he cared about. That's all he cared about. That was his role in the movie, just asking what, what does this guy make? What yeah. does this person Penn make? Penn Badger, yeah. that's his only job. Um, and it's funny because that's kind of what Succession's like. Succession is a drama with comedy. And, okay. and like it's there are points where you're so sad and you're like oh my god and there are other points where you just burst out laughing yeah like uh <laughs> so i feel like the some of the dna of succession um was stolen from this movie because this movie is all about the financing and the business and but there's still moments of levity yeah and even when they don't mean it to be funny like yes. when they're when they're in the conference room for the first time and he asks um <clears throat> ramesh yeah. Shah, and he's like i need more time like, tell me now he's <laughs> <laughs> so jokes um the other thing this so this movie isn't based on a true story in terms of like an actual bank that did this, but it's based on the events of the global financial yeah. crisis. But there is a bank that did something similar, Goldman Sachs. They were the first bank to start unloading their their debt. And the bank that did it second, Merrill Lynch, ended up going bankrupt. So it's kind of like uh, the first person there. Yeah. And then further to that, um, Jeremy Irons' character, who's the CEO, his name is a combination of the Merrill Lynch CEO's name and the Lehman Brothers CEO's name. So Merrill Lynch's name, his CEO's name was John Thane. And Lehman Brothers CEO's name was Richard Fold. His name in this movie is John Told. So it's like very much yeah, yeah. the influence of Wall Street at that time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think what sets this movie apart, though, Omer, is that there are a lot of rewatchable scenes. Oh, like yes. great sequences. What was? Did you have one that stood out to you? Two that stood out to me. One was the scene where uh, they're told to go to Eric Dale's house, which is Stanley Tucci's, to yep. bring him to the office. And he's sitting on the steps with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Bettany. With Paul Bettany. And, um, Will Emerson. Will Emerson, yes. Yep. So he starts telling Will Emerson that, hey, did you know I built a bridge? Oh, my and God. And then he gets into the details of what he's accomplished with that bridge. How many miles, miles how many hours, hours it saved. Oh, and he's like, I built it in 1986, so yeah. I've saved 5 million whatever yeah. hours. Yeah. So I, I was like, wow, I love that. <laughs> it, it was it's an amazing yeah. amazing scene especially when you consider that stanley tucci has maybe like eight lines of dialogue yes yeah, exactly he's not in it he comes at the first scene and then he's in the last 10 minutes yeah and that's it that's it for sure so that, that was one the other i really liked well there's two more i really liked actually yeah the other i really liked was on their way back from this when penn badgley and uh will emerson are in the car and uh you know penn badgley's like are you am i gonna be fired and he's then Will Emerson's like, yeah, probably that's going to happen. And then they start talking about them being the bad guys and then talking about the public and how they're necessary. And yeah, and Paul Bettany essentially thinks he's God. He, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So I love that scene. 
own. It, it's it's an amazing scene because what he's talking about is, is capitalism and how the insatiable need to buy more and to want more yeah. leads to them having their jobs because they control what he claims is they control the markets and they're the reason you're able to get a loan and exactly. a mortgage. Yeah. And, and he's like, the reason you have a sports car or a big house yeah. is because of us, because yeah. of what we're doing, right? Exactly. Meanwhile, the other characters, um, kind of like uh, Kevin Spacey's character, they're kind of disillusioned with their job. Yeah. You know, they're like, what am I actually doing here? Yeah, right? exactly. So it's an interesting yeah. contrast. The other scene I loved there. was when Kevin Spacey is briefing all the, the employees at the end about what they have to do and what's happening. And the reason I love that scene is because we knew what Kevin Spacey's stance was on all of this going in. We knew that he was not in favor of... Absolutely selling. against it. He was absolutely against doing this. And he made that clear to the CEO. He made that clear to anyone above him that I'm not happy with this. And, uh, you know, there was that one scene. And what this con- this comes together so brilliantly with another scene. The, uh, there's a scene in the washroom when Kevin Spacey's in the bathroom and the CEO walks in yeah. and says, you know, are you on our side? Are you with us? Are yeah. you with us? I need you with me. I need you with me. And Kevin Spacey just says like three or four times, I'm with the firm. I'm with the firm. Mm-hmm. I'm with the firm. You're not, I'm with you. I'm with the firm. Yeah. And then he briefs the employees and he makes sure that his words are very clear that they think this is the best way forward. They think this is our only shot to, to get yeah, out of this. Not him. They think. Not him. Yeah. They've decided that we're going to do this. They, and he, he never says, this is coming from me. Yeah. He, he makes it clear that he's the messenger and this is not his decision. Yep. And I love that yeah. that scene too because we're sports fans, so money doesn't mean anything to us because we see millions of dollars. Yeah. Oh, 100 million contract, this, that. Yeah. When he says, <clears throat> if you sell 93% of your book, you get 1.3 million. And if 93% of this floor sells their book, <laughs> then you get another 1.4 million. I was just like, Okay, they're willing to drop 2.7 million on traders. Yeah. Imagine what their potential loss could be. Exactly. In the billions. Yeah. Right. So, so that tells you like the scope of what they're kind of doing here. Yeah. And then actually, after that scene, when it goes into the trading day, where it's just all you hear is phone calls and different times. Yeah. That is a great scene. Yeah. It starts in the morning and everyone's happy. Yeah. And then mid morning, you're like, yeah, what's going on over there? Yeah. And by three o'clock, they're like, what the hell? <laughs> What are you doing? You're ruining everything. I love that scene. It's so as well. good. I love it's that so good. Part. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I. I. There are so many good scenes in this movie. You've touched on a few of them. Even at the top, when uh, Zach Quinto and um, and Stanley Tucci are at the elevator, and he gives them the USB, and the elevator door closes, and he just says, "Be careful." Yeah. What a great way to hook you into the movie. Because yeah. you're, you're just like, what what is in there? Yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah. Right? You just see a bunch of people getting fired. You don't know what's happened yet. And if you don't know any background of what's going on, you're just hooked. You're like, yeah. what is he going to find exactly. out? Yeah. Um, and then another scene I really loved was when uh, when Badgley, uh, Paul Bettany, and, and uh, Zach Quinto are on the rooftop. And previously in the movie pen badgley tells zachary quinto's character that paul bettany made 2.5 million last year yeah, yeah. so then he asks him on the rooftop he's like how'd you spend it and then he goes through how much he spent yeah and then he says he spent seventy six thousand dollars on hookers and entertainment <laughs> and then he's like oh yeah and i can claim it all to the in taxes and you're like oh my god <laughs> these guys are the worst kinds of people yes like they're horrible yeah yeah just disgusting yeah that's what they i mean it's like they want the money they make is always appealing <laughs> and then you're like oh but they're kind of scums aren't they <laughs> and, and i think i think it's interesting because they tell us okay pen badry's character they tell us he made about quarter of a million quarter. dollars okay and then they tell you paul bettany's character made two and a half million okay and then they tell you the ceo made 86 million dollars last year and he was worth over a billion dollars yeah at least until market opens yes and that's the scale of like oh my god this is insane the yeah. numbers that you're making for just for what moving numbers around on a screen that's exactly that's what you do it's freaky it's insane how much and and i think that's what cuts into the other piece which is you mentioned that scene uh about the bridge right yes. so stanley tucci is a very smart man yeah. he was an engineer by trade zachary quinto was a literal rocket scientist yeah but they both got lured into the financial um industry because that's where the money is yeah right and i think that's a really, really great commentary on how finance, the industry, sucks the brains from other industries and just puts them to work. Because what did they say? It's all just numbers in the end, right? It's all just adding up numbers. You just come to a different, you're doing it for a different reason. Yeah. And that was a really telling, I think, 
moment because you didn't need to give those characters that background exactly but when you did you really made you explained that like this is why people like this this, this industry is sucking the yeah. lifeblood out from the rest of the economy almost, yes right for sure <clears throat> uh yeah that that in terms of in terms of great scenes this movie has like 12 of them yeah spread out through it um what did you think about the symbolism of kevin spacey and his last scene there with his dog yeah so that was that scene surprised me it was the first scene away from you know kind of like downtown Down Manhattan, Manhattan, kind yeah. of thing mm-hmm. yeah uh first scene away from office first scene away from this whole world and it's just him with the dog and i guess that was his ex-wife yeah that is his ex-wife that's yeah. his ex-wife um and i was like I don't know what to think of it. So I'll, I'll tell you my read on this. Okay. Yeah. So first of all, at the beginning of the movie, he mentions that he's spending a thousand dollars a day trying to keep his dog alive. Yeah. Okay. By the end of the movie, the dog has died. But before he leaves the office, he has a conversation with uh, Jeremy Irons at the executive dining hall. Yeah. Right. And Jeremy Irons says to him, "You're lucky. You could have been digging ditches this whole time." And Kevin Spacey says, "Yeah, but at least I've had holes to show for it." Mm. And then what does it cut to? Him digging a hole for his dog for his dog he wants to feel something man yeah he doesn't feel anything exactly and the worst part is is he's so done with this life but he has to keep going because he needs the money yeah it's such an allegory of of like the fall of man and the corruption of man yeah where you know it corrupts you but you need to keep going you know yeah that's true it's 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 amazing (laughs) i I can't (laughs) get enough um and then there's a couple of other funny like plot points that I noticed as I rewatched it. Like at the beginning of the movie, Stanley Tucci's like, "Who who caused me to get fired?" And Will Emerson says it was Demi Moore. And then by the end of the movie, they're both fired. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like they both got screwed <laughs> over. Um, and then we you also mentioned this earlier, but Pet Badgley's character obsessed with money. Obsessed with money. That's all he cares about: how yeah. much people make, what they're doing, whatever. But it made me think of something: how much would his character and you hate his character in this movie? Oh yeah, oh his character would oh, he'd go out and kill him, kill him, man. <laughs> he'd be in his freaking glass box. <laughs> you would hate him so much. Yeah. Oh my god, because all he cares about is money, and he's he's only twenty three in this movie. Yeah, and he's like, my life is over. It's like, bro, you made two and a half. Yeah. You made a quarter million dollars last year. Like, you're gonna have some big payout. You're gonna make like a million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're fine. Yeah, I think you'll find another job somewhere, and you have a lot of money to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, in terms of uh, so the main character in this movie, it's who do you think it is? I'm curious. So, for me, the main character is Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Um, I at first thought it was gonna be um, um, Quinto. Yeah, but then I was like, he's not that much in it apart from a few. But the thing is, like, no character is really in it that no, much. So you know? yeah, so I thought so. Kevin Spacey at the beginning, I thought, and then the CEO gets introduced, and I was like, wait, is he gonna be the main guy now? And then he disappeared for a bit after that again yeah. and came back more near the end. And Kevin Spacey was Kevin. The reason I say Kevin Spacey is because it was his, uh, his theme that kind of transcended the entire film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. His, his disillusionment with the his job, disillusionment yeah. with the job is, uh, you know, his, his, his was the only character they gave an out of work storyline to with my dogs dying and yeah. this and that, you know? Um, and, so with and him, and his son, his son, his too. son, yeah, his yeah. son was brought into the film. So we we knew a little bit more about him, and his was the only you know everyone else was scared about this, scared about that, my job, this money, uh, what's how going to happen to the firm, and he's just and you just have him in the background like what we're doing is wrong, what we're yeah. doing is wrong. So his whole theme was kind of what created this movie. I think I thought it was also interesting. I thought it was kind of resonating how him and Zachary Kinto are on opposite like sides of the spectrum where like Zachary Kinto at the end of his movie, he gets promoted. Yes. Right. So it's kind of like he's starting his journey yeah. up the ladder. Whereas uh, Kevin Spacey is now just done with it. Yeah. He doesn't want anything to do, to do with it. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but of course he has to stay because he needs the money. Um, but I thought Zachary Kinto's performance was excellent. In oh, great. Yeah, yeah. He seemed almost like a little neurodivergent or maybe like on the spectrum or something, the way he like doesn't maintain eye contact. Yeah, and kind of stays yeah, away. Yeah. It's not overt, but yeah. I think I could imagine if he said that, that that was the goal of the character. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, but he plays a rocket scientist very well. He does. I can see why he got picked for the Star Trek movies after, because oh, he's true, like, true. he's yeah. excellent as a, as a literally a rocket scientist. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you have a, any particularly favorite lines? A couple, a couple of parts. Um, 
Oh, but they're what are they? Um, they are facing me now. Um, what when the okay, yeah, a couple of things. When the CEO is introduced, first I love I love the bit when he's like, uh, I want the guy who uh, who found the problem to explain the problem to me. Yeah, and then they you know they exactly Quinto, um, they're like it's him, and then he's like, okay. Please talk to me if you will, like I'm a child or <laughs> yeah. or or a dog. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it was not my brains that yeah. got me here. It was not my brains that got me here. So I love that. And the other part, uh, I think it was him again. Um, is when he's like, oh, I'm like paid to... Oh, yeah, I have that line. I'm yeah. here to guess what the music might do a week, a month, a year from now. And I'm standing here tonight and I'm afraid I don't hear a thing. Yeah, Just I like silence. Exactly. I like that. Brilliant line. Brilliant line, yeah. Uh, I, what I really loved about Jeremy Irons is he comes, he flies in just off the top rope yeah. and he just delivers some of the most banger lines yeah, yeah, and then he just leaves and he has a big personality in the film which i really liked i was like wow this guy's so i was like he's definitely my either he's my mvp or if he's not in the movie much he's my most efficient yeah. he's something he yeah. he also has that at the end of the movie when he's in the executive dining room and he goes through all the recessions in history yeah like 1787 blah 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 and yeah. he's like 1984 that one screwed me over and it just keeps going yeah. and he's like this is us this is a cycle this is what we do and Again, it shows how, like, he is so okay with this. Yeah. And then Kevin Spacey on the other side is just, like, completely disillusioned. Yeah, and like, how can he be okay anymore. with this? Yeah. Yeah. I think overall, in terms of the, the acting in this movie, there were a lot of, like, fan- okay, we haven't even talked about Simon Baker. The, like, he's, like, the mid-level manager, the one who's, the one who's shaving. Yeah. He's excellent in this movie yeah, as well. Yeah, he's really good, He actually. does a couple of very subtle things. Like, you know when, um, when Will Emerson and Penn Badgley are going to pick up Stanley Tucci, they're waiting for the car to come. Yeah. And then he comes down to talk to Will Emerson. Yeah. Do you notice what he does? What? When the attendant comes out, he's the one who gives him the cash. Yeah. It's like a power move because yeah. he's the boss, right? Yes. So he gives the att- he says thank you, gives him the cash, and then he puts Will and what's his name in the car and they drive off. Yeah. It's like such a subtle thing, but you know that's what that guy would do. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's like, okay, I got, I got yeah. this. Yeah. You go do my job. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the kind of like, and then. Even that shaving scene, he's so relaxed. Yeah. He's shaving in the office. He's done this a thousand times. Yeah. He knows that this guy's going to lose his job. He doesn't, he doesn't care. He doesn't give a crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold. It's calculating. And there's also another scene I love of his when they're like, are you going to call the boss? He's like, I already did. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. He's so good. Yeah. Um, what did you think about Demi Moore? Uh, she was limited. Very limited. Very limited. Everyone in this movie, it's, it's like parcels. You know? parcels There's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, of like, yeah. I, like a lot to do. But I liked her. I liked her in the scene when he's pretty much telling her she's got to take the fall for it. <laughs> and she's like, excuse me? And she, I she, told you. <laughs> and, and there's an underrated, there's a thing in the background here where it was clear that Stanley Tucci's character yeah. had raised this to Demi Moore's character. And Demi Moore's character had raised it to Simon Baker's character. And Simon Baker's character had raised it to Jeremy Irons' character. Just no one cared because they're yeah. making so much money. Exactly. Right? And I think Stanley Tucci said like, he flagged this like 24 months ago or 12 yeah. months ago or something. But they didn't care. They didn't care. Yeah. It's just money, right? But then you just get free. I guess, I guess that's why you got fired or something. Yeah. I I found that so funny when they're like, okay, who do we have left in our risk management department? And it's just Zachary Kinto and Penn Badgley. Yeah. That's two dudes when like literally you're at the riskiest phase and you just let go of all of your risk management. Yeah. And <laughs> Stanley Tucci's like, you're really getting rid of like risk management? Like that's what you're doing? <laughs> Like, are you are you dumb? Uh, but then I do like when he comes back and he's like, "Yeah, well, you're paying me one hundred and seventy six thousand dollars an hour to be here, so to to sit and do nothing. to sit and do." Yeah, so it's not I have no choice in the matter. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. there's no choice. Yeah. That must be nice. <laughs> you just make like a a small country's GDP. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts about the movie? Um, cinematography was great. Really good shots. Really good shots in this yeah. film. I, I it made me want to go to New York. Yeah, yeah. Really good shots of the city. I like I like the shots of the people as well. I like the shots of um this the way the scenes were filmed and stuff. I've appreciated that. And um I like the, I like the entire the, the way the movie just keeps you on your on the edge the entire time. Mm-hmm. It, um, like you're always, you know, a lot of times movies like in this genre can pull you out in moments just being like oh they're talking a lot about stuff i don't understand yeah they're getting too much of the technical technicalities of this world that i'm just not aware of and these financial markets and stuff like that that people don't understand but this movie kept it very simple and they kept it to the point on what the issue is and how they're going to solve that issue and the moral dilemma of that issue and it was uh, you know a 10 year old could just pick it up yeah it's not it's not very complex yeah in terms and i i think that's a credit to the writing yeah because if you like, if you read 
any of the books about the great financial crisis, you can very much get confused very quickly about like the technicalities of what's going on. But the way they've, they've explained the idea in this, in this movie, like you said, a 10 year old can, can watch it and understand. Exactly. It's really, they've simplified it, which I think is necessary. I think you can get it like in the financial markets in this industry, you can get into so many details that people are going to be like, what are you talking well, about? Well, we're not here to get an MBA from watching this movie. Exactly. Right? Yeah. We're here to, uh, you're presenting us a story. It's you're taking place in this world. Mm -hmm. uh, give us an idea of what we need to know and then tell us a story in a way we're going to understand it. Um, and that's like, I think this movie did it well. I'm going to be in the same genre that did it really well was the big short. Yeah. A few years later. But, but you know? see the interesting thing was with the big short, they had a, they had a little bit of a writing crutch where they used like, uh, like Selena Gomez to explain yeah, like Margot, make, Robbie, make, Margot yeah, Robbie or whatever. They cut out of the movie to explain it. To right? explain it this yeah. movie didn't need to do that. Need to do that and no. that's a, that's, I think a testament to brilliant writing. Yeah, for right? sure. Uh, yeah. And they don't even show us computer screens. Actually, there's a point where Kevin Spacey's character is like, I don't even know how to read this shit. Yeah. <laughs> he says that he's like, I don't know how to read this, but he's the head trader. Yeah. He doesn't know how to read it. He's just, he's just doing his job. You yeah. know? Yeah, he's, he's so far gone from like that level. Yeah. He, like, just, yeah. Know, he just knows what to do. Yeah. He doesn't need these like screen grabs. Yeah. He's yeah. like, he's like, I don't need all that data. <laughs> Whatever. I, I, I trade by feel. <laughs> I put my hand through a Scrabble bag, pull out three letters. That's a ticker That's I'm buying today, buddy. Um, I, I also found like, I think what you notice about this is the higher you go up in this organization, the less humanity you have. Yes. And one thing particularly about, um, Kevin Spacey's character is he's having a cigarette outside with Zachary Kinto. Yeah. And then Zachary Kinto is like, is your son okay? And he's like, holy shit. I didn't even think about my son. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He didn't even key in that his son who also, uh, we are assuming works at an investment bank yeah. would have the same issues or might not have a job. And then at the end of the movie, his wife says, yeah, he called. He's okay. Yeah. They got hammered, but he's okay. Yeah. And again, it just shows you he's so, he's so occupied with, with himself and what's going on with him. He completely disregards his loved ones. Yeah. He cares about like his dog, sure, but even that, he goes and interrupts someone else's piece to dig a hole to in the dig a hole in the road. Yeah. So the, these people are monsters. Yes. Top to bottom. Top even to the bottom. ones who, who show remorse, they're monsters. They're monsters. Yeah. It's it's such a good movie. It's a really yeah. Opens your eyes. Would you would you rewatch it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? I think I rewatch it. Yeah. I, I I think I watch it like once a year. Oh, do you? Just, yeah, yeah, and yeah. just throw it on the background. Yeah, yeah. The, the dialogue is really good. Yeah, the dialogue you know? is great. Yeah. A lot of a lot of good. There's good insults too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at one point, Paul Bettany's like, "You're a heartless guy." <laughs> and then he leaves the car. He's like, "Don't touch any of the buttons." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Um. Okay, Omer. Uh, any other thoughts about the film? Um. No. This, if you haven't seen it, please watch it. It's on Netflix in Canada until March thirty first. Yeah. What it told me today. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So. Honestly, guys, it's it's a really quick watch, and I can't stress enough, particularly if you lived through that time, yeah. this is a great movie. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. A great movie. So let's move on to our awards then. Omer, I think we agree with this one. Nicholas Holt, Most Punchable Face Award. Yeah, Penn Badgerty is taking this one. <laughs> so punchable. His character was so useless apart from how much does this person make? How much does that person make? <laughs> whoa, whoa, Omer, he was a junior analyst, okay, <laughs> for risk management yeah. at 107-year-old investment bank. Yeah. True. He's clearly very, very important. But yeah, it, it, there's a scene where he's crying in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that's so funny. That's, I get hilarious. Yeah, that's a hilarious scene. Um, one thing, before we get to the next award, about the movie. Mm -hmm. I really liked how they did not give the firm a name. Yeah, it was they great. Didn't, they didn't mention the name of the firm. Nope, not once. Yeah, it was just like the firm, the yep. firm, the firm. And I think that's like, it's symbolism right there, I feel. I feel the director's trying to show you that like, this is any firm you think of. Exactly. Yeah. It's not just one specific. Yeah. yeah. And this this is, it's contagion. It's yeah, permeated exactly. throughout all of those things. And you know what else I really loved about this is they're talking about like, this is the end of us, blah, blah, blah. But they're all wearing $10,000 suits. They're all wearing Rolexes. You see the boss at the executive dining room. He's having a steak with red wine at five o'clock. Yeah. You know, still working, but it's okay. The, the top level, the the wealth that you see in this movie is insane. Even like the couches they're sitting on or, yeah. oh, they've got dining rooms in the, so they can have breakfast at 6 a.m. or whatever. Yeah. It's it's so stark and evident. But then on the flip side, they're also so scared of losing it. Like John, uh, Jeremy Irons character says, it's just money. Yeah. Like it's made up. But you know, he's so scared of, of being broke. Like yeah. he's, he's absolutely terrified. Yeah, yeah for and sure. That's why they're doing all of this, yeah. right? Because their status is their personality. That's it. Yeah. Like like uh, Paul Bettany's character, you know he was 
He was he was so happy to tell them how he spent his two and a half million. Yeah, <laughs> he really wanted someone to know. Yeah. Oh, a tax man takes half. Give a hundred to your parents. Hundred fifty for a car. Fifty for clothes. <laughs> you just keep racking it off, you know. And you're just like three hundred k for the mortgage. Nuts. 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 <laughs> the way they throw money around in this movie is it's crazy. Yeah. But that's what makes it so good is because they're not human. Yeah. They're just not. They're just, yeah, they're just, they're something else. Yeah, no, they actually are. That's why they work in that industry. Yeah. So, yeah, we agree. Nicholas Holt, most punchable face award goes to Penn Badgley. He, again, his character is really funny, but yeah, you just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> um, okay, what was your favorite sequence? Uh, well, we talked about the sequences. So, for me, it was uh, the bridge sequence when Stanley's talking about the bridge he designed, or the one after that when. They're talking about when Penn Badgley's like, am I going to be fired? Am I losing my job? Yeah. I, I really like that scene because those are the only two scenes that kind of take place in like, or there's only like a handful of scenes that take place in daylight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. So that one's really funny. That one's funny. Um, that. Yeah, for me, it's the Stanley Tucci bridge scene. Yeah. I think just because of how he's not in this movie, like very much at all. And then the acting is excellent in that scene because he, he makes it seem like he's like kind of doing the math. Yeah. You know? He's like, that's a... Uh, Five million eight hundred whatever, so it really shows like how good he is at his job and yeah. what his skills are that he brings. And also Stanley Tucci, very handsome man, very much so. I would he's just like, put that out there. He's look, a very even though good the hair isn't there, that's fine though. Yeah. He looks, he rocks it. Yeah, he's he a does. very handsome man. I'm he's gonna give him man. that. Yeah, Stanley Tucci, we love you. <laughs> and also, it's funny because we saw him in the firm when he had a full head of hair. Remember? Yeah, <laughs> he's the yeah, assassin. Yeah, Come yeah. on, <laughs> it's kind of funny. But uh, yeah, he. Uh, I really loved him in this movie. So who's your most efficient Timur, the Steph Curry Award? For me, it's Jeremy Irons, who was the CEO. Yeah. So uh, what I loved about him was he came down in a helicopter. Yeah. That was very cool. The baller move. Like 3 a.m. pulling up in a helicopter. Yeah. What do you think you do that? Like, do you, like, call your, your helicopter pilot? You're just like, we got to go? You probably just have him living with you or something. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. It makes you think, right? Yeah, living like, on the same property. Because that was pre-Uber. You couldn't Uber a helicopter. Yeah, yeah true. He's just the Uber helicopter. He's just like Uber he, for the rich. Yeah, he just lives in he lives in his garage. He's just like, all right, come on, Johnny. We gotta go to Manhattan. Yeah. Sir, it's two thirty ish. So we're going. Uh, but yeah, his first scene when he comes in, he just it's captivating. He uh, he yeah. is like he he has a very like stage presence. Yeah, very right. Much so. His voice is yeah. very loud and projects and and I really like his 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 makeup. He's got the long hair. Yeah. He See, everyone else is very clean cut, yeah. but he's not because he's, he's the big boss. Yeah. He's, he can have the long hair. He can do all that. Exactly. But everyone else is clean shaven, very like yeah, tight, you know? For, sure. uh, for me, my most efficient was Stanley Tucci because, again, yeah. he's only in a handful of scenes. And even that scene when he's in the room with Demi Moore and like at the beginning of the movie, he's like that C-U-N-T, right? He call, or B-I-T-C-H. He calls her something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the end, he's like, we're both screwed here. So whatever, you know? Bygones be bygones. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. Like he he's come to terms with it. Yeah. Um okay. Omar, who's your MVP? So my MVP, I, I switched it. It was gonna be Jeremy Irons as my MVP. Okay. Um and I put him down as my MVP at first. But as I watched more of the movie, I switched it to Kevin Spacey in this one. Why is that? Because again, I thought his like the themes he presented, his acting, I mean, Kevin Spacey's always been a great actor. Um, he's a really good actor. Um, and the scene that really, when he's explaining to the employees what to do, yeah, and he's explaining the whole problem to them and everything, I loved that scene. The great. So scene. I was like, I feel like I gotta give it to him. The yeah. reason, the reason I gave it to Jeremy Irons was because he had a couple of great lines, like yeah. the one where he's like, "My brains didn't get me here," yeah. and the one about the music, and then the one that really put it to bed for me was at the end when he went through all the recessions. Yeah, I love that scene. Yeah, because yeah, he's just like crazy. he's like, oh, pardon me for eating. Can I get you something? He doesn't really care that he's eating and you're not. He doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah, he's just he's just doing his thing. Yeah. none of this impacts him. And then what does he say? That one line. He's like, "This is just my first problem. There's gonna be more in the weeks to come." Yeah, he's like mentally preparing himself. Yeah, you know, sure. he knows it's coming. Yeah, I just I just think his the moment he comes into the movie, that's when you know it's like serious. Yeah, it's like you had to call the CEO and you had to bring his helicopter. You had to wake Johnny up at three a.m. Yeah. to fly the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> But with that said, this movie has a lot of equal screen time for this, the main cast. So I could see anyone, like, Paul Bettany as Will Emerson is excellent in this movie. Yeah, yeah he's he really so good. good. I feel like we haven't talked about him enough, but he's amazing. Yeah, he's really good. He's got a random British accent. Yeah. No one talks about it, but he's got a British accent. It's a good one, too. Yeah, and he's, he's well, he is British. 
but he he's also uh like jealous of simon baker's character he's like yeah 40 year old golden boy happens to everyone just not to me yeah it's like kind of sad and it's funny because only in this industry would someone making two and a half million dollars be jealous. Be you know? I don't right? <laughs> like, You're making two and a half mil, just enjoy life. But hey, when people around you are making ten mil or eighty mil, you, you want feel more broke. So that's what that's the greediness of this. Of it's the just industry. like it's yeah. just like sports, right? Yeah. Someone makes two million a year, but the guy's making twenty. You're like, I want twenty. Yeah. Yeah. I want the Rari. Yeah. <laughs> um. So with that being said, margin call. Fantastic movie. We can't recommend it enough. Please watch it. Please watch it. And Omer, yeah. this is Omer's first time watching it, so you know it's good. Yeah, for sure. So with that, Omer, what is my homework for next week? All right, your homework. Um, I dug into a movie that I really enjoyed and I kind of forgot about for a bit. And then I, I remember I rewatched this movie maybe in the last during COVID, I rewatched it. Mm-hmm. The last in the last couple of years I rewatched the movie again. And I was like, man, this is a great movie. I love this movie. Uh, it's a Ben Affleck film. Okay. Um, 2016, starring Ben Affleck, and Anna Kendrick is also in it. The Accountant. Oh, okay. I have not seen this movie. Yeah. So the this Accountant. is great. Yeah, I have not a, seen it. It's a, I think it's a really good movie. Um, and it kind of, I kind of, I guess I was kind of reminded of it because of John Wick as well, in a way. Mm-hmm. But it's, oh yeah, this is, this is, this is a movie with some, good action and a good story okay that's this is great because you didn't even ask me if i'd seen this movie and I, actually this has been on my list for a long time i just never gotten around to it yeah um i think this came out when i was like in university so i was just like busy you know yeah trying to graduate <laughs> so, uh, okay no this is fantastic do you know if it's on a streaming service or oh it should be okay i'll, I'll, t- I'll take a it look i'll take yeah. a look uh ben affleck Anna Kendrick, do you know who else is in this? Oh, J.K. Simmons, John Bernthal. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Tambor. Wow. Lots of There's John some Lithgow. There's some people in this movie. Okay. This is a murderer's row, bro. Yeah. Is the director here? I've never heard of this man. Yeah, Gavin yeah, O'Connor. Okay. <laughs> well, I am you know, I'm very excited over it. I'm looking forward to this because, like I said, I really enjoy Ben Affleck. Yes. I think he's good. And this might be a good primer before Air comes out absolutely mm. yes absolutely synergy but this is a this is i'll tell you what this is a fantastic film okay yeah. i'm looking forward to it yeah uh so with that please check out our letterbox please like and subscribe subscribe our youtube channel um give us a rating and a review on spotify or apple podcasts Omer, do you have anything else to push and f- watch the accountant if you haven't seen it for next week yeah please do thank you for listening we'll see you next time take care guys